thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad to have you with us. And I tell you what, the Word never disappoints. And so we're hungry for the Word. I know you are too. I have a studio audience here and we're all hungry. Amen. And so uh, we're, we, of course, we focus so much of the, the episodes teaching on healing but uh, we've been going a direction that might not be a very common direction of teaching for healing. But I tell you what, the Word has something to say about it. We're going to go the direction we've been going the past few episodes. I would encourage you, if you have not had the opportunity, go back and watch the last couple of episodes because it will help you as we move ahead in teaching further. Healing, health, and long life belong to us. Amen. But we won't float into it. Right. We arrive by on purpose taking steps that cooperate yes. with God's Word. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so we want to really learn what are, what are our steps to take? Yes. What is our part? Yes. Jesus paid the price for us to be healed, but we have to cooperate yes. with yes. His Word so yes. that we can experience all that He purchased for us. Amen. We've been reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and this is the passage really you would recognize as what we, could, we would call communion verses. Yes. But uh, we're looking at something that Paul brought that Jesus gave revelation to Paul. There are three of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels and uh, because they are the ones that really give us the, the history of Jesus' earthly life and ministry. Mm -hmm. Three of those Gospels record about the Last Supper when communion was received, when Jesus gave to his disciples to communion. Well, Paul was not one of those men that were there, that was there. He received this revelation not from talking to the other apostles that were there, but Jesus specifically taught him about it. Yes, yes. And um, we see further revelation that Paul gives that we don't read in the Gospels mm -hmm. that's connected with communion. Yeah. And so that's the part we've been focusing on. So if you would read with us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I tell you, you'll probably want to take some notes down because yeah. this is going to be, this is imperative yes, to yes, our yes. spiritual growth, development, yes. and understanding. Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, Paul writes this for he said for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you he didn't receive this from from uh, hearsay right. Right. he received this directly from the Lord mm -hmm. that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he take it and said take 
eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. His body was broken so ours could be whole. Amen. 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 We, we need to remember that when something tries to break down our body. That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. And that's what he says. This do in remembrance of me, not in memory of me, but in remembrance of what was purchased. Yes. Verse 25 says, after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the new Testament in my blood, or we could put it this way. The blood activated the new covenant. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. This cup is the new Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So again, he's telling us, remember something. Yes. What are we to remember? That all that is ours, that all that is ours in Christ and belongs to us was made possible by the blood. Yes. The blood purchased yes. it all. Yes. The blood brought us into oneness with our father. The blood brought us into our redemption. It's all at the price of the blood. Remember that the blood cleansed us from sin. The blood cleansed us from the past. Remember that. When the accuser of the brethren, who is Satan, comes to accuse us, remember Remember. what the blood did. Now look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, and the Greek word there means irreverently. Uh Whosoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord irreverently shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself. Well, what ways are we to examine ourselves? Well, do we remember what his body purchased? Do we remember what his yes. blood purchased? Yes. Examine ourselves, but also examine ourselves. Are we using our faith in this? Yes. Are we holding to these things by faith? Also, are we, in, are we being a doer of the word? Right. Are we being a doer of this new covenant that the blood purchased? Are we walking in obedience to God? Examine yourself. And we could read verse 28 this way, but let a man examine himself and then let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily or irreverently. What What is to eat and drink irreverently? Not examining ourselves. What he just dealt with us about not remembering what he told us to remember about his body was broken so ours could be whole. Our sin was laid on him. Uh, We were brought into a new covenant by the price of his blood. We were purchased by blood. He that eateth and drinketh uh, irreverently, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Notice the devil's not mentioned. He does this to himself. He eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning that his body uh, was the price for our freedom, our wholeness, our oneness with the Father. The the body and the blood working together to make us one with the Father. Amen. Now look at verse 30. For this cause. For what cause? What he just said in verse 29, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep or die prematurely. Now notice, 
He's giving us a direct cause of why, not, not the lost, not the world, but why Christians, many of them, it says many, not a few, many are weak, many are sickly, and many are dying premature. This is the cause why they're not discerning the Lord's body. Um, notice also in verse 30, weak, sickly, premature death. Notice the progression. Yeah, that's right. Catch it before it reaches the end of that progression. Yes. If something is weak and you notice something is weak, wait a minute, let's not go to sickly before we start examining ourselves and start discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. Are we remembering what we're to remember? Right. Are we not forgetting? Yes. Um, verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Uh-huh. We've been going back and looking again. Let's look at verse, the end of verse 29 and verse 30. Not discerning the Lord's body for this cause. That's the cause, not discerning the Lord's body. Many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Well, what does it mean to discern the Lord's body? If this is a cause, we need to know. What does it mean to discern the Lord's body? There's a twofold application. First, we could say not discerning his physical body of what was laid upon him, what was laid on his body, what was laid on his spirit, the sin, sickness, disease, uh, the penalty of death was laid on him, on his body, on his spirit. He took it personally himself. But now we are also, those of us who are born again, we're children of God. We belong to the father. He is our father We are all one family. The body of Christ is the family of God that's in the earth. Part of the family is in in heaven. Part of the family is on earth, right? Amen. We're all part of the same body of Christ. We we entered that body through the blood. The price of the blood purchased us. Amen. Amen. So when you got born again, you not only were born again, uh, delivered from spiritual death, you were born into a body called the body of Christ. You were born into the family of God. And you say, well, we're all part of the family of God. All humans are part of the family of God. That's not scriptural. God is the creator of all men, but he's not the father of all men. Remember when Jesus, during his earthly ministry, he was accused of, you're doing these works by your father, Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Remember that? Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. (laughs) So he was telling them that their father was the devil. So uh, the devil wasn't their creator, but he was the one they were yielding to. He was the one they were cooperating with. You see, God is the creator of all men, but he's only the father of those who accept him. He will only be the father of those who choose him. You have to choose him. Amen. And what a great choice. Amen. So when you got born again, you chose the father to be your father. You chose his family. 
delivered from the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. That's descriptive of the body of Christ. Every one of us who are born again, children of God, are members of the body of Christ. So we have to remember that to rightly even see this second application of what it means to discern the body. That means to to discern our part, Mm -hmm. our place in the body of Christ. Amen. Part of the body is in heaven right now. Those who have gone home to be with the Lord, they're still part of the body of Christ. Part of the body's there. Part of the body is here. Amen. But here in the earth, while we're in the earth, we are a functioning vital part of the body of Christ. Just like in heaven, they are a functioning vital part of the body of Christ. And everyone is playing their part. Everyone is doing their part. Well, here on earth, we have to be doing our part. And to not discern that the Lord's spiritual body or the body of Christ is referring to Christians who don't discern that they have a place, they have a responsibility in the body of Christ, they have a supply to bring and they have a supply to receive of that body. If we don't discern our part in the body of Christ, bring our part, Mm -hmm. do our part, then what we're doing, we're opening the door so that we're weak, sickly, and dying premature. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Lord. Now, um, I want us to look in verse 30. Verse 30 reads this, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Um, The Norley translation, it's a different translation, but the Norley translation says, because of this indifference toward the body, many of you are feeble and sickly and some have died. They're indifferent. They're not, to not discern the the, your part in the body is to be indifferent about it, not care about it, not be interested about it, not make it of of concern to you. It needs to matter to us that we are all doing our part. And to, to be indifferent about that is why many in the body of Christ are weak, sickly, and dying premature. Amen. Amen. We cannot afford to be indifferent in this. You might can afford to be indifferent about your laundry, (laughs) about an errand you need to run, but you cannot afford to be indifferent about this. These are life and death matters. And Jesus taught it personally to Paul. And Paul said, I received this of the Lord. Amen. Why? Because Jesus wants us to know it's what's uh, it's important. What's important to God, we must make important right. to us. Yes. Remember um, the word says about King David. One of the things, and people will remember this always when they remember about King David, that the word describes him as a man after God's own heart. Yes. Well, what does that mean, a man after God's own heart? What was on God's heart is what David made on his heart. That's what it means. What was important to God, David made important to him. That's what it means to be after God's heart. So this is important to Jesus and it's important to our Father because it cost heaven everything for Jesus to have a body in the earth. To have part of the body in heaven part of the body is on the earth. To be a part of the body of Christ, it cost heaven everything. That's important. 
It's about the father and his family. And I tell you what, to you, I would say your family is more important than other people's family, right? Same thing with God. His family is of utmost importance to him. Because it's important to him, we must make it important to us. Amen. We cannot afford for it not to be important to us when it's important to God. It's dangerous for what God calls important for us to be indifferent toward it. It's dangerous. Amen. Now, not only that, the word singles this out as a reason why many in the body of Christ are weak and sickly and premature death. And you can pray for people all you want for healing, but if they will not discern their part, they have an open door for uh, sickness and disease to, to have entrance into their life. It's important to God. Now go with me if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to read in verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 18. The King James translation says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. What are the members? Every one of his children. He has made us members of the body of Christ. Look at that. I love these, these really endearing words. I think verse 18, now hath God set, God set you. God set me. God took this on as his personal doing. He did this. This is his plan, his doing that I be part of the body of his family, the body of Christ. God set me. Listen, when God sets you, no man can unset you. (laughs) Amen. It doesn't matter what others may say about you. God set you. You belong. I said you belong. Can I tell you this? I believe one of the greatest longings of every human is to belong somewhere. They want to feel like they belong somewhere. They want to feel like they're important in a place. Amen. That's why people, if they don't get proper uh, attention from home, they'll go to another setting to try to belong there. Amen. If kids aren't, aren't, aren't noticed by family or by parents, they'll go hang out with another group of kids while they want to find a place where they belong. In God, you belong. Every single one of you have a place you belong and God sets you there. How endearing that is. What an honor to be set by God. Amen. As a member of the body of Christ. That needs to be valued and honored and given proper emphasis in our thinking, in our understanding, and in our life. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body. Look at this last phrase in verse 18. As it hath pleased him. Amen. It pleases him to set us in the body. It pleases him. Amen. Not only does it please him to set us in the body, but he sets or positions us in the body as he chooses. 
that there is a place that we occupy. And when we're in that place, he's pleased. And he has set us in a place where he is pleased to set us because he knows that's where we'll thrive. That's where we'll function. That's where we will flourish. That's where we will be of the greatest benefit and bear the most fruit. So it's not just being set anywhere. It's in the place where he's pleased that we be. Now, if he is pleased to set us in a certain place in the body, we need to be pleased yes, to be set there. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to desire to be set in a different place than he was pleased to set me. If he was pleased that I'd fulfill this role and this place in the body of Christ, then I'm pleased to be there. And I'm not going to look at somebody else's place and say, I wish I was that. I wish I was there. That's dangerous to not be pleased with what pleases him. It's not healthy. <laughs> it's wrong thinking. Renewed thinking, and we should have, we should be renewing our, our minds with the word, is where he's pleased for me to be, that's where I'm pleased to be. I will not set my appetite and affection on something else that I'm not set to be. I want, listen, he sets us in a place where it pleases him for us to be. You want to know why? Because we are perfectly suited for that place. We are perfectly suited. You know, the thing that makes you different from other people, because sometimes we'll look at how we're different from other people and say, oh, I wish I wasn't that way. I wish I was more like them. It's the thing that makes you different from other one, somebody else that makes you perfectly suited for where he sits you. Amen. Think about, now think about John the Baptist. He would, he would have been a unique, a unique fella in the eyes of society. He chose to live away from society. He lived out in a wilderness. He was a loner, right? He was a loner. He enjoyed being alone. There's nothing wrong with that. There are some people, they thrive in social settings. I can do a little bit of both. I love being alone. I enjoy being with people. I like a little bit of both, but I tend toward alone. Everybody has a bend towards something that they, uh, that they find most comfortable, right? What, that they're, they're best suited for. Uh, John the Baptist would have been one of those fellas that you go, now that's a unique fella. He, he lived out by himself in the wilderness. He was not married. Um, he chose to be out there by himself. He had a unique diet. <laughs> right? He ate locusts and honey. Um, he had a unique wardrobe. He wore camel hair. You know, uh, he was perfect, but he was perfectly suited for his role as a forerunner. He couldn't live among the rest of society that was comfortable and suited for other people and perfectly appropriate for others. But he could not be the forerunner he was to be living yes. among and listening to people. He lived in a place yes. where he could hear God. Amen. That's what he did. Yeah. He lived in a lone place to hear God. He wasn't a recluse. He was living in a place where he could hear God. And he was perfectly suited for his call, for his role. And he, he stayed in that. 
Yeah. Well, in the same way, you are perfectly suited. Even right. though it may look so different from somebody else, you are perfectly suited yes. for the place God sets you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. So be thrilled to be there because it fits you like nobody else. Amen. Amen. Um, then let's look at Ephesians chapter four. And I can tell you this, we're not going to get to all of this today. We're going to have, you're going to have to, to tune in with us next time. But Ephesians chapter four in verse 15, it says this. In fact, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to turn that rock over. We're going to put that rock right back down in its place because I want to take a moment and I want to talk to you. Um, those of you who need healing, those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, I've been dealing with ongoing physical conditions. There's healing for you. Yes. But when, we, when God shows us something mm-hmm. to correct, to change, mm-hmm. our health is connected to it. Yes. Amen. 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 And um, I know this, that God will, if I could say this, heal you on credit. Let me explain that. Sometimes we need to make a change. We need to make an adjustment. Inside, we choose to make that change, but we haven't done it outwardly here. If you'll commit to God, God, I'm going to make that change. He'll go and hit... He'll go ahead and heal you on credit before you've even made the change. He'll take you at your word, but he expects you to follow up on it. Now, for example, years ago, my husband would have been in his late 50s at the time, and he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, When he drove home from the doctor's office after getting that diagnosis, he walked into the house and he sat down and he said, God, you never miss it. It's on my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've missed it. Mm-hmm. Yes. He said, uh, where did I miss it? I, what was he saying? I want to change. Yes. I want to make corrections. Yes. Yes. He knew his help was in changing. Yes. And God said to him two things. He said, number one, you've not rested your body. My husband would go, 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 go. He said, you'd make corrections for a time. You'd rest, but you'd get back into your old habit because, uh, Sometimes we call those that that work hard, highly disciplined. Sometimes when they don't rest, it's a lack of discipline. Right, mm-hmm. right. And um, so he said, "You number one, you haven't rested your body. I've dealt with you about that. He said, number two, you've not obeyed me in the prophet's office. I'd tell you to say something and you wouldn't say it. And so Ed would say, okay, God, I repent. I repent. I make that correction. From in here, see, he agreed with God. Yes. Before he even rested, before he had even ministered again under that prophet's anointing, just him inwardly agreeing with God, um, God said, okay, in 30 days, it'll all be gone. He went back on day 28 and it was all gone. See, God healed him on credit. Even before he had rested, even before he had gone in, you know, into a service and ministered further. You see, when you see that you need to make a change, Make, agree with God. Agree yes. with the word. Yes. Amen. Yes. And if there's something you say, Pastor Nancy, I know I need to make a change. Well, then agree with God yes. and, and say, say, okay, inwardly I make that change and I'll walk it out. Yes. Amen. Yes. And I speak to every bit of pain, every bit of symptoms, every bit of disease. You take your hand off their bodies in Jesus' name. Satan, you loose them and you let them go and you be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. 
And remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this powerful book, Nancy Dufresne teaches how to be more aware of the presence of God on a daily basis. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.